0: And we're live. Welcome back to another episode on the Coffee with Craner show. And today I have a very special guest. She's definitely no stranger to Windsor-Essex. She was previously the Rotary International vice president from 2016 to 2017. And this year there's an announcement. uh, She's going to be the forthcoming president of Rotary International for 2022, 2023, and also being the first woman to lead this 115-year-old organization. She's been a past chair for the University of Windsor Board of Governors, past chair of the Board of Directors at the Windsor-Essex Regional Chamber of Commerce. She's doing great things in the community, and I'm so excited to have you on the show today, Jennifer.
1: Well, thanks, Lyndon. It is a joy to be here.
0: Well, we have plenty of of Rotarians tuning in today, and they're excited to see you as well. I I start off every show with a coffee question, and I have to ask, where in Windsor-Essex is your favorite place to get coffee?
1: Well, I know that I've heard some of your past guests say the same thing that I'm going to say, but I've never had a cup of coffee. And so I, um, I, I, I love coffee shops. I think they're a great place and I think that, um, it's a good place to connect with people, but, uh, I'm a tea drinker. So occasionally I'll pop into, uh, uh, maybe a Timmy's, uh, for, for a cup of tea. Um, I guess anywhere where I can, you know, sit down with friends.
0: Definitely a Canadian thing to do. What type of tea?
1: Uh, Peppermint would be my first choice. Um, Tazo refresh. That would be, uh, that would be up at the top of the list. Uh, Lavender comes in pretty close and lemon after that.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Great for the winter.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So Jennifer, I want to talk and maybe bring it back to when you, when you really first started volunteering, if you can just share that experience with us.
1: Sure. Well, you know what? I think as I reflect back and have over the past several months, actually, on when volunteering became something important in my life, it was really when uh, when I was a kid and my, my folks really instilled in us, my, my brothers, I have two younger brothers and myself, that, uh, you know, doing things for our community was something that was of value and something that was not only a gift to our community, but also a gift to ourselves And uh, it's something that I've subscribed to my whole life. And so, you know, I remember being a kid and doing pop bottle drives and taking the little UNICEF boxes around and collecting, you know, dimes and quarters and, you know, raising funds. I I remember making uh, paper cards that uh, I would sell to the neighbors to give money to the hospital for, I don't even remember what it was at the time. But, you know, those are things I think from earliest memories. And, You know, one of the things that I take away from all of that was that my mom and dad uh, instilled in us an ability to to think, you know, to to not think that you couldn't do something and that anything counted and mattered. And I, I really appreciate that they that they gave us that gift to say, you know, think of what it is that you can do to make a difference and go do it.
0: So when did you first get involved with Rotary? How did that how did that start?
1: an interesting little tale because I actually was exposed to Rotary for the first time when I was in my, I would say, early 20s. And I was a reporter for uh, then CKWW, which is now CKLW. And I was covering Rotary meetings that were taking place in our town where the local, you know, politicians would come to do interviews and this kind of thing. And I, I was covering meetings for the local Rotary Club of Windsor 1918, who used to meet down at the what was then the Holiday Inn, which was a, a hotel right on the riverfront, it's been since demolished. And you know, it was at a time when they didn't permit women to join. And so I was this you know young rookie reporter going in to cover these meetings. And you know, flash forward a decade, and uh, 1987, it actually took a Supreme Court ruling for women to join our organization, um, the Supreme Court of the United States. And uh, so 10 years later, I was asked to join by a, a good friend and I showed up at a meeting and it just felt like something that, you know, was a good fit for me. And so I've been able to find my voice through many different ways um, over many different years.
0: Have you been seeing a shift in the, the number of women that are getting more involved in the, the diversity in Rotary?
1: Sure. Well, you know, our membership is 1.2 million uh, around the world, men and women. And globally, we're at about 24 percent. North America, Canada, just a little bit over the United States, but we sit at around 34, 35 percent. And yeah, definitely there there is a a shift, but there's 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 room to grow. And, you know, one of the things that is uh, certainly a platform for me is not necessarily moving. Well, yes, it is moving the gender card. Um, but it's moving the diverse perspective part and that, you know, we are capable of solving so many of the world's most pressing challenges. And it only can be done when you have um, a lot of different voices adding to the the solution. And so, yeah, we need to bring in um, better better diversity in our organization and that's not only gender, that's age. Um, You know, there's, there's different cultures that we need to do a better job of being more inclusive Um, sexual orientation. There's a whole, a number number of different things that uh, we have a new diversity, equity, and inclusion statement, that is something that's very important to me. And uh, it really means looking around our community for the best and the brightest. And um, and that's, you know, quite candidly, people of all ages.
0: So Jennifer, what was the main reason you decided to get involved with Rotary? And I guess, why have you continued to uh, commit your time to this organization?
1: Sure. Good question. And, you know, one of the things that I'll tell you about is that we we have a a new vision statement for our organization and it says together, we see a world where people unite and take action to create lasting change across the globe in our communities and in ourselves. And those last two words for me are really kind of the, 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 what it hangs on the lasting change within ourselves. And that's because, you know, joining a, a Rotary Club or the Rotary movement in some way is a way that we increase our own personal growth and development. And I can tell you just by being a member of my local Rotary Club that, you know, I can say definitively, I'm a better event planner. I'm a better board member. I'm better at board governance. I'm better a be- better public speaker. There's so many different things that it has allowed me to do as a, as a human to, to, you know, build capacity. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's the gift that we give to our members. We ask loiter- leaders to join and we make them better leaders.
0: So for someone my age, I'm, I'm 20 years old for those watching. How can I benefit from, from joining the Rotary
1: Club? Sure. Well, you know what? Membership to you is wide open in terms of, uh, you know, as a 20 year old, you uh, we, we, we historically have had what are called Rotaract Clubs, and that's more of our our youth movement, and that was 18 to 30. And so, you know, joining a Rotaract Club is is sort of, uh, you know, a a parallel lineage to a Rotary Club, if you will. And so, you know, generally speaking, those have been through two different ways, either through community-based clubs or um, college or university-based clubs. A couple of years ago, actually last year, we took the upper age limit off of it. And that's because rotor actors are involved in their clubs. And, you know, we were timing them out at at age 30. But, you know, at that point, they really liked the friends that they were hanging out with and the stuff that they were doing in their clubs. And so instead of moving over to a Rotary Club, which would be the natural, you know, what everyone thought was the natural next step. They were not, they they just were kind of going off and doing their own thing and not being a member of a club. And so we have these sort of, you know, parallel tracks, but we've spent a lot of time over the past couple of years unifying them and understanding and bringing Rotaract more closely into the fold. And so, you know, their clubs now are um, equal parts of our organization in terms of membership. And, um, you know, it's looking basically to make sure that we... Um, uh, understand, you know, what a younger demographic is looking like, and that we stay relevant and fresh, and you know, forward-looking in our in our thinking. And so, you know, I think it's an opportunity for us to be able to cross-mentor each other, and uh, for you know, someone like yourself um, at 20, you know, if you want to join a Rotary Club, you can join a Rotary Club. You want to join a Rotaract Club, you can join a Rotaract Club. At the end of the day, it's about doing good work in our community and our world, and we're all doing it in tandem.
0: Well, thank you, Jennifer. And we have so many great guests that are that are joining us from across the world, across different districts of, of Rotary. And we do have a couple questions that came in. Uh, and I do encourage folks, if they do have any questions, please post them in the comments. Uh, but a question here says, what advice do you have for young adults looking to overcome public speaking or making those first steps to get
1: involved? Sure. Well, one of the partnerships that we entered into uh, very recently was a partnership with uh, Toastmasters, and they're very well known for being a, a leadership development organization in terms of public speaking. But, you know, the number one way that you're you're going to get better at it is to do it. And you have to do it a lot and, you know, get out there and, you know, open opportunities for yourself to be able to speak. And You know, it takes time and it's and it's something that you have to be intentional about. Not everyone can just stand up and and speak. I I think back to, you know, my early days and being intimidated, perhaps to, you know, speak up about something or, you know, wondering, oh, gosh, am I going to forget the next thing that I want to say or, you know, different things like this. But after time, um, you know, let me say it this way. Nobody ever arrives at being a great public speaker. It's a constant work in progress. You have to work at it. And so even the, the greatest orators of our time, you know, they they have to be intentional about what it is that is going to come out of their mouth. And so we all have to think about it and practice, practice, practice. Um, I think that, you know, one of the things about public speaking that is a major advantage is that, you know, being able to uh, communicate in a in a effective manner is is a great leadership skill, and it's one worth, you know, you can't underestimate how important that is. And so practicing it, honing it, getting better at it is something that, you know, whether you're, you know, sitting at a boardroom table and able to communicate effectively because you're thoughtful in the way that you speak, that's one thing. Getting out in front of an audience and speaking to a crowd, that's another thing, but all of it comes from the same root of understanding that you're intentional in the way that you speak, and the way that you craft your skill. And that's body language, that's voice, that's tone, that's, you know, intonation, speed, pace. All of those are things that are, you know, things that you can cultivate. And I think that, you know, the the best leaders that we see in our world are intentional about cultivating those skills.
0: So how many different speaking engagements would you say you participated in
1: <laughs> in my lifetime?
0: <laughs>
1: what's, what's Rotary? Oh gosh. Um, well, you know what? It's it's hard to frame how many uh, because there's been just so many wonderful opportunities. Maybe you know I can frame it a little bit from the perspective that I've had incredible opportunities to be able to connect and communicate in uh, literally every corner of of our globe, and you know to be there in person to meet people to communicate and understand you know, even the differences that we have in communicating styles between different cultures and um, how, you know, in one place, there's a different way to be respectful compared to another and a different way to use language, uh, a different way to communicate based on um, language barriers, even um, how you, you know, how you're able to do that. I work with interpretation on a regular basis. And so um, making sure that you are not using, you know, in a foreign country that we're not being too cavalier or casual in our language, that, you know, we're not using colloquialisms and different things like this that, you know, are hard to understand that we're, you know, again, very, you know, intent intentional in, in what it is that we say and how interpreters are able to, um, in a, you know, enable your words to resonate with other people. And one of the things that quite candidly that I think has been an incredible privilege is having really spent a lot of time over the past decade working with interpretation staff that we have at rotary who help us to transmit our voices to you know all of our official languages and one of the things that was a big turning point for me was understanding the difference between being a translator and an interpreter and you know someone can translate what you're saying but when you know these folks there's such a it's such a high art what they do they're really actually interpreting what they what you say because they need to make sure that the intent of what your words are um, say, actually mean exactly the same thing on the other end. And so it's it's a fascinating nuance that, uh, I don't know, I find very, very incredibly powerful.
0: No, definitely. And uh, we have another question that, that just came in through uh, the comments, uh, another Rotarian saying, how is, okay, so he talks about Rotary being a great opportunity to combine digital skills of young people with the industry skills of those who have worked 30 years or more how do you think it's possible to facilitate the cooperation of these two rotary souls? Big question. I think it's a great question. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, it is a good question. And I think it, it really speaks to the ability to navigate how we, how we work together and how we learn together. And probably the most important point out of that is, is maybe taking a look at today's landscape and understanding um, that hierarchy, perhaps that we've we've you know known in the past, is something that we need to you know kind of look at seriously because young younger members or younger uh, younger people in our, our communities have so much to offer, particularly through the, the digital age. You know they are native of this landscape, and you know it's very some of this is very foreign to you know I'm you already gave your age I'm 53 and so. Um, You know, some of this may may be a little bit foreign to to people my age and and up and so really flattening the ability to learn from each other and to respect each other as equal leaders, I think is something that, you know, I'm seeing a lot more of and quite candidly, I think it's brilliant because, um, you know, half the world's more than half the world's population is under what 40 and um, I think that there is a, a loud voice there that has so much to teach all of us. And you know it's a two- way street. I think we have to learn from each other.
0: And what advice would you give to those those students looking to, looking to get involved in any type of volunteering capacity?
1: Perseverance. Um, I think that um, you know you need to you need to look at, you, you need to look around. You need to see what actually resonates with you. There's tons of opportunities to volunteer. And, you know, it's not just with Rotary, it's with uh, an assortment of different things in our community. You have to find what what speaks to you and, you know, what resonates with your own voice. And so, you know, taking a look around, um, going in, I mean, right now is is an opportunity to do it through maybe some virtual navigating through sources to see what people are doing. And, um, you know, if you have a passion point, that's the one thing that I think is most important is that. You know you look you look within yourself to see you know how do I want to make a difference and you know what how do I want to move the needle and if there's an organization that can help you do that then you know it's a great way to align yourself. I I mean obviously I'm an advocate for Rotary because we have such a wide swath of of opportunities and you know we align with the uh, UN sustainable development goals we have our own areas of focus and, you know, everything from creating peace to, you know, literacy for, for hundreds of millions of people around the world, clean water and sanitation, you know, disease eradication, our number one corporate priority is eradicating polio. And, you know, I don't know if you, if you said to a young person, hey, do you want to come and help eradicate a disease? Do you want to help, you know, provide clean water to the world? Do you, do you want to help every child be able to read? These, these are things that we're trying to do. And so I don't, I, I mean, quite honestly, I can't think that there's too many things that we don't offer. And I think that anyone who's looking for an opportunity and a resource and an outlet, uh, we provide a, a great conduit to be able to you know fill that void.
0: Well, thanks, Jennifer. And I th- hope this opens the minds for, for many young people in the community of getting involved with Rotary or volunteering in any capacity. And I, I wanted to just to summarize today's conversation, what would you say, looking ahead into the future, uh, when you do become president in 2022, what are some of your goals?
1: Well, thanks. You know, one of the things that um, we've already talked about a little bit is, you know, diversity. And so certainly as, as the first woman of uh, president of our organization, focusing on diversity is, is a priority for me. And I want to make sure that I'm a voice, you know, for, for others who are interested in, in wanting to be part of you know what what it is that we that we do, so that would be probably one of the biggest ones. Um, also, exposing our our voice to a larger external audience is definitely um, a, a major goal for me. And I I think about that on a, a global landscape with uh, top tier media and uh, and world leaders, thought leaders, opening conversations up to uh, to people um, all over the place to be able to shine a light on the role of service in in civil society and and what that means. And so that'll be something that I'll be spending a lot of time on. And, and uh, you know, I just want to congratulate you for creating this platform. And I think that it's incredible that, you know, you've um, stepped out and you've put yourself out there and that you're interviewing, you know, people who are leaders in our community and beyond. And uh, thank you for doing that because you're, you're a great, you're a great voice and you're doing, you're providing an, an awesome service.
0: Well, thank you, Jennifer, and I, I really appreciate your support and helping share this to the, the Rotary community. I, I see so many great people tuning in today, and it's absolute pleasure to have everyone joining us legit from a, across the world. Um, it, it's great that everyone's joining us tonight. And uh, to you, thank you for joining the show and, and taking time out of your evening, reconnecting with some folks in Windsor, Essex. You're going to do some great things as president. And we're all looking forward to your turn. Thank you,
1: London.
0: Thanks, Jennifer. We'll see you next time. Absolutely.